Business is personal. I mean, I think that another thing that freelancers don't necessarily appreciate early on is that it's not just about the skills that you've developed and that you can offer, but there's also this whole business development aspect to it, right? Because you are running a business, it's not the same as sort of just showing up to a job every day and doing the work that you're qualified to do, but it's also thinking about how you develop client relationships, how you maintain those relationships, and um, how you take one project and then extend into something larger potentially, or translate that to another client, another engagement. So there's that whole aspect to it that I don't necess- I don't think is necessarily appreciated early on as well. It's the Living Freelance Podcast with Randy Strew. Welcome to the Living Freelance Podcast. I'm Randy Strew. When I first started freelancing, I got my career off the ground by first searching for websites where I could network and advertise my services. I found Upwork right away and practically built my business on the platform. Now, thanks to the internet, gig workers can easily find potential clients and leads, bid on projects, and get their names out there without the hassle of networking events, expensive business groups, or even business cards. Now, no, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution, and I'd never recommend the full-time freelancer attempt to find all his or her work online. It's still a huge market, and there's still a lot of competition. After all, there's more competition all the time. Still, you can find success as an online freelancer. I'm thrilled to welcome to the Living Freelance Podcast, Nancy Van Brunt, who leads the freelancer success team at Upwork.com. Nancy also worked in corporate strategy, business development, and management consulting roles at eBay, Sesame Workshop, and Oliver Wyman. And she has a BA in economics and psychology from Dartmouth College and an MBA from the Haas School of Business at the University of California, Berkeley. Today, we're talking about how to approach online freelance platforms, put your best foot forward, and find success for your freelance business. That's coming up on the Living Freelance Podcast. The Living Freelance Podcast. Business is personal. I'm here with Nancy Van Brunt, Director of Freelancer Success at Upwork.com. Nancy, thanks for joining us. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Congrats on the new podcast. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I am a, uh, I am an Upworker. Uh, I've been doing Upwork for a little over a year. It's actually how I started uh, freelancing was was by using your site. So, so I'm I'm excited to do the interview today. Great. Yeah, and it's, it's great to have you on and um, to be able to talk to a, a freelancer on Upwork. It's always fun. All right. So, how, Nancy, how did you get started with uh, with working for Upwork? Um, yeah, so I started at Upwork uh, almost four years ago, and before this, I was at eBay. Um, and that role there, I was doing corporate strategy, and um, that's really what got me really interested in marketplaces and sort of the dynamics of um, you know a two-sided market where you're connecting two parties to um, you know create something productive and. That's what led me initially to Upwork, and I also just really connected to the mission, um, the idea that, you know, you can bring opportunity to people, and sort of similar to the eBay um, perspective of, you know, giving opportunity to these independent sellers. Um, Here at Upwork, we're giving opportunity to these independent professionals and connecting them with clients. Um, That's something that really excited me and has kept me here for 
a few years already. So. Okay. Now, that interests me a little bit. Uh, how similar or different is it uh, working for a site that connects buyers and sellers versus a site that connects clients and people who are basically selling themselves? You know, it's not all that different, I guess, at a high level in terms of um, using the power of technology to connect two sides of a marketplace and um, really give opportunity to, um, to people and businesses that uh, wouldn't necessarily otherwise have it, right? So at Upwork, we really think about um, how we can enable companies to bring work to the worker um, and really connect those two sides um, and allow them to, you know, accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. Um, it was it was somewhat similar at eBay. So, you know, we were connecting um, consumers to consumers, but also increasingly, you know, these independent sellers and and more and more so um, at eBay, larger businesses uh, with those buyers. So, you know, at a high level, I think it's very much um, a similar model, but certainly a very different kind of company. Um, and uh, I think more fun to be at a smaller company personally. So, um, but yeah, definitely a lot of similarities in terms of the model of the marketplace. All right. Uh, one more for background. Um, you're the director of freelancer success. What, uh, what is that in terms of what you do for Upwork? Yeah, good question. I'm not sure that it's clear to everybody. Um, so basically, our team is responsible for ensuring that, um, that great talent can get started easily um, on Upwork and start to be successful from day one. And then also, you know, as they gain experience and really demonstrate um, success on the platform, that they can continue to grow their businesses and that Upwork can be um, a place for them to really build, uh, you know, sustainable, um, really re rewarding businesses. Um, so our team manages programs to help enable that. So we have a program called Rising Talent to get um, to get businesses started early on and kind of gain that early traction. We have another one called Top Rated, which distinguishes those that have really demonstrated success with the platform and helps, um, you know, helps them kind of uh, promote themselves and continue to generate more success. Um, then we also do skill testing and certifications, um, and we run events uh, internationally as well as here in the U.S. Uh, so that we can help kind of build local communities and provide that support to freelancers as well as agencies. Okay. And um, so you said you've been with uh, Upwork for uh, a few years. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine you've seen some growth. What does that look like as far as, uh, as, as far as, are you seeing like a trend of uh, freelancers using online platforms right now? Yeah, I mean, it's been really amazing actually to be here over the last few years and, and just see the evolution of, of the market um, and really see freelancing change from something that was somewhat fringe, maybe a little bit unknown and mysterious, I think, um, to something that is certainly very much mainstream now. Um, and I think you know, just over the last couple of years, we've really seen a huge shift in the way that um, both talent and clients think about the world of freelancing and this idea of flexible talent. So that's been pretty astounding. And we have partnered with Freelancers Union to conduct a survey over the last few years. And so we've seen, we've actually been able to track some of that, uh, some of that growth in the market. And we've seen 
um, you know, just this past year that there are 57 million Americans freelancing today, uh, which is pretty astounding, right? That's, wow. that's more than a third of the U.S. workforce. Um, and that has been growing over the last two years, and, and we certainly continue to see it um, growing into the next two years. So if you look out, you know, not even 10 years from now to 2027, um, through that research, we've really predicted that the majority of U.S. workers will actually be doing freelance work. So, you know, to say it's mainstream, I think, is even an understatement. It's, it's a, a big shift, I think, in the way that work is getting done. Um, something that we see as really exciting and powerful. Absolutely, and I've I've read studies that that bear similar uh, results as far as um, you know projecting uh, a continued growth in in gig workers or in uh, in freelancers and home based home based self employment, um, mm-hmm. which which is interesting to me. What do you think is um, what do you think is kind of pushing the economy in that direction versus uh, versus more people, you know, signing on and, and you know, what, what do you think is causing the shift away from, you know, job loyalty or company loyalty that we saw in the past? Yeah, I mean, I think there are, there are a lot of factors at play. Um, I think on the talent side, when you think about these independent professionals and what they're getting from it, um, a lot of what we hear is around the, the flexibility um, and the sense of independence that they get from freelance work. And so it's kind of a shift, I think, in uh, mentality of people and how they think about work in general. Um, I think more and more we see, even in traditional employment, that there's sort of this blending of life and work, right? There's no clear distinction anymore. It's not, it's not kind of clocking in from nine to five, but um, you know, through technology, the, the two worlds are sort of merging. And I think um, this is a way for the talent side to really embrace that that trend um, and make work work for them, right? So it's a huge opportunity, I think, for them to really um, create a different kind of lifestyle. And that's, that's a big driver, I think, for many of the people who do, um, do pursue this, this type of work. On the demand side, um, you know, we just see a huge growth in terms of um, companies seeing the opportunity to engage with, with freelance um, with freelancers, but also just embracing remote work in general as well. Um, so they're becoming more comfortable, not necessarily sitting next to the person they're working with. Um, and that, of course, is also enabled by some of the video conferencing and other technologies that make it feasible. But, I mean, companies are experiencing huge pain in terms of hiring. Um, the traditional model of, you know, putting up a job post and finding someone full-time is just not no longer working and it's not giving them what they need or as quickly as as they need it. So in this new world, I think um, companies are really realizing that they need to embrace a more nimble type of of engagements with with professionals. You know, it's not just about full-time work, but but there's this opportunity for them to tap into a new model and really, you know, take advantage of this trend. So Definitely, you know, sure. shifts on both sides that I think um, continue to enable the growth. Yeah, it's interesting trying to talk to and hear from companies who are kind of dealing with this as well, uh, because it is yeah. it, it has got to be a huge shift and almost a culture shock uh, uh-huh. for companies who have been doing it one way for however long, um, you know, to now kind of have that shift from, 
you know, we don't need people managers so much. We need project managers now. Yeah, I, I think there is a big shift going on, and we can see it in the data. So we know that um, today nearly two-thirds of companies have remote workers. Um, so they really are adapting to this new type of work, and um, they're using flexible talent. So uh, just from 2017, we saw 24% of hiring managers we spoke to were using flexible talent, where now it's, it's the majority. It's um, 59%. So just looking at the data, you, you can't argue that this is um, you know, a persistent trend and something that I think will only continue especially as you hear about some of those challenges that hiring managers face in these companies. So, you know, they talk about talent shortages. They talk about this friction in the hiring process and how many resources they put into um, sourcing new talent. And it really, it really just supports, you know, the need for a more flexible uh, and adaptive model. And, of course, uh, kind of moving on from that, the Internet has kind of made that even more possible. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, thanks to websites like Freelancer, like Upwork. Yeah. Upwork, I, I know, has, has seen a lot of growth over the last, uh, over the, just over the last couple of years, uh, you, uh, with the absorption of Odesk, and you've kind of, kind of ballooned out. Why do you think people are going for, uh, are, are using more online um, platforms like this, as opposed to the old-fashioned way of just, you know, marketing yourself, sending out cold letters and, and things like that? Yeah, I mean. So, again, I think, you know, huge benefits on both sides of the marketplace. Um, for talent, you know, there are still the, the sort of traditional channels, right? There's um, local networking, there's sort of in-person connections that, that freelancers can make, but what they really see as part of the value of a model like Upworks is that all of a sudden we can, ta- we can help sort of take on a lot of that um, that work that they would otherwise be doing, trying to connect with people in their local community, and all of a sudden they gain access to a world of demand, and they no longer have to invest all of that time kind of calling people and um, taking clients, you know, potential clients through the entire sort of sales funnel um, where they may or may not end up with a project. Whereas on Upwork, you know, it's what we've done is collected all of these clients with real needs and with immediate um, projects that they're ready to start. So it essentially takes away a lot of that um, initial sort of business development um, and sales process that freelancers would otherwise take on themselves and kind of accelerates the process so they're immediately able to connect with clients that have projects and are looking for talent today. So I think that is something that is really valuable. And then, of course, all of the other benefits of the platform um, in terms of, you know, guaranteed payment protection, making sure that they're they're covered if, um, if, for example, a client doesn't necessarily come through with payment or there's some sort of issue. Um, There's a lot of protection that a platform like Upwork provides. Um, and then, of course, just in terms of administration and, and some of the complexities of running a business this way, you know, they can sort of outsource some of that, um, that burden to the platform um, and not have to take it on themselves. So there's a lot of value just in some of those features that are available on the platform. Well, I can, I can tell, you know, some of my listeners that the time I spend, uh, I, I should say don't spend invoicing is... <laughs> Right, right. I mean, that's a huge pain point, right? If you're, you're establishing this business on your own and um, 
all of a sudden have to service all of these clients directly and take on all of that accounting. And um, there's just a lot of paperwork and administration involved. Um, and it's hard to navigate, especially for, for new freelancers. It's really hard to figure out what that even requires and, um, you know, kind of navigate that, that world. So I think Upwork helps a lot with that as well. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, kind of succeeding in Upwork since that's, you know, what you do. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's, that's going to be uh, something that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but I, I do want to just explore, uh, explore the idea of online platforms just a little bit further, you know, because it is such a big part of freelancing now. May, you know, and I, and I don't, I don't know that I don't know that anybody's done a study to suggest that, you know, the availability of of companies like Upwork and Freelancer have contributed to the growth of the freelancer economy. I would I would guess and suggest that's probably the case. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that I, I think that it, it does contribute to the growth of that and, and to people being able to do that. Like I mentioned before, uh, I built my business on Upwork. Um, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't see that I would have, you know, nearly the clientele that I have, or nearly the success that I've had, uh, if I hadn't built my business starting with an online platform. Um, for all the reasons that, that we talked about, what are some of the what are some of the the dangers or the headaches that people getting into using a, a platform like Upwork don't necessarily think about going in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, it does it does take a lot of work and. Um, I think some people may not realize how much is involved in, in early on, especially in getting started. Um, so I think that anyone contemplating it kind of has to have an expectation that it will take some time to gain initial traction and kind of um, figure out how to make this type of model work for them. But I think the biggest thing is to think about yourself as a business and to think about this endeavor as launching a business, right? It's not about um, necessarily kind of presenting yourself and um, describing everything about you and your background. It's not sort of a traditional resume when you think about your profile on a site like Upwork, Um, but it's really about, it's more like a website. I would think of it as the way that you are merchandising your business and presenting the services that you want to offer a potential client. So I think kind of Entering it with that in mind helps in terms of how you actually present your business, but also in in how you sort of jump into this pursuit. Um, You know, in thinking about things like should you set up an LLC? Should you look at how you structure your bank accounts in order to um, manage your finances? How do you think about your budget and kind of the expectations you have um, from this type of pursuit? So. A lot of it, I think, is just kind of getting that mindset in mind, like thinking about yourself as a business and what you're providing to clients, um, and then kind of getting clear in terms of your own expectations and, and even setting goals or targets for you know what you want to accomplish in the first three, six months, what you want to accomplish a year from now, um, and allow yourself to track progress against it, because it does take time. Absolutely, um, time and, and, and patience, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm, I'm very, fairly active on the Upwork community, um, where you know freelancers come and clients come and get together and talk about uh, the various aspects of online working and things like that, um, which I'm, I'm sure you're, you're well aware of. Uh, 
but it's mm-hmm. it's always fun to kind of see who the new freelancers are by mm-hmm. uh, the misconceptions they have kind of going into it, uh, referring to clients as employers, <laughs> for example. Right, um, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, not, not really being aware that they have to wait and, and that not every time they get an interview is, is necessarily going to be a job. Yeah, a, another thing I often hear is, is that freelancers don't necessarily um, know that they need to submit proposals and, and kind of go after work proactively, but they um, expect to be invited to jobs. And, of course, that happens as well, but early on especially, it's really important to, to just kind of jump in and um, get really engaged and proactively pursue those opportunities. Um, I mean, I think that another thing that freelancers don't necessarily appreciate early on is that it's not just about the skills that you've developed and that you can offer, um, but there's also this whole business development aspect to it, right? Because you are running a business, um, it's not the same as sort of just showing up to a job every day and doing the work that you're qualified to do, but it's also thinking about how you develop client relationships, how you maintain those relationships, and um, how you take one project and then extend into something larger potentially, or translate that to another client, another engagement. So there's that whole aspect to it that I don't necess- I don't think is necessarily appreciated early on as well. Sure, um, and, and you know there's a there's a uh, something to be said for uh, learning the value of using the the messaging systems on sites like Upwork. Um, mm-hmm. you know, being able yeah. to have that sort of constant one-on-one with your clients when you need it. Yeah, I think it's valuable in a lot of ways. So certainly in terms of just convenience and um, in managing communications around a project, it gives you that one central place to um, organize all of the communications and make sure that you, um, you know, both sides are clear on what is expected. I mean, that is essentially, I think, the most important thing in terms of the success of a project is effective communication, setting the right expectations, you know, checking in frequently, making sure that, um, both the client and the freelancer understand, um, you know, what's happening on any given day and, and what is expected in terms of deliverables and timelines and everything. So that's critical in terms of success. And then I think also there's, there's the um, aspect of protection around maintaining communications through the platform. So on Upwork, you know, if we can see the communications that you've had with a client um, or vice versa for a client to communicate with a freelancer, when it's within the platform through our messaging system, um, you have that reassurance that we can go back and sort of track what happened in case there is a dispute at some point or any sort of issue may arise. Um, you know, you have that tracking, and so it gives you, gives you some reassurance around the security of the project as well. Absolutely, and uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that, um, about the uh, success of of being an Upwork or an online freelancer using a platform like this one. What would you say is the number one thing you would want to tell a new freelancer looking to get started on a platform like this? I mean, I want to tell someone early on that that it does take work um, and just set that expectation because I think it can be discouraging um, just getting started if. You know, you're trying to learn this new platform. You're trying to learn this new way to work if you're not used to doing freelance work. Um, there's a lot to get up to speed on, and 
Um, I think just understanding that it takes time and it takes persistence to be successful is really important. And then the other thing I would just um, emphasize is is the idea that you are launching a business. You know, think of yourself as an entrepreneur. Think of yourself as a business owner. Um, and that, I think, helps kind of frame this opportunity um, and helps you probably be more successful sure. in uh, approaching it that way. Um, on that note, let's say somebody is setting up a new uh, profile on, on Upwork. Mm -hmm. How does a successful freelancer set themselves apart on, on this platform? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because I think it's it's so important. Um, so one thing I think is just take that really seriously um, because that is the way that you're presented on the platform. It's critical to make it as strong as it can be. Um, so take the time to make that really thorough, complete every aspect of the profile, um, and really you know, think through exactly what you're putting there. And what's most important is understanding that more is not necessarily better. So while you want to be thorough, um, you don't want to try to present yourself as a jack, a jack of all trades. I think that is one of the biggest uh, mistakes that new freelancers make is trying to present everything they could possibly do and make the profile really broad and generic. Well, it may seem like it's in your best interest because, you know, the more um, use cases you can cover, the better. It's actually the opposite. And you want to be as focused and specific as possible. So a really strong, really deep and narrow profile is much better than um, a sort of shallow, broad one. Um, you, want, you ultimately really want to convey to a client that you are the best person for this specific job that that client is posting, right? So... The more you can demonstrate specialization in a certain area, the better your profile will do in terms of all of our algorithms and um, certainly will be stronger when a client is evaluating it. So I think that is really critical. One, one exciting thing actually that we are working on now is enabling, enabling more of that specialization. So for example, you know, it's traditionally been really challenging for someone who is say, a web developer, but also happens to be a translator. Like, sure, I mean, understandably, they want to um, offer both of those services on Upwork. And until just recently, we've only offered one generic profile, right? So you'd have to describe your web development skills as well as your translation skills in the same profile, um, causing a lot of challenges for us in, in, in terms of determining when to um, surface that profile in search, for example, and then, of course, uh, not necessarily making that clear to a client when they're evaluating it. Am I, am I looking at a translator? Am I looking at a developer? Um, right. And so we are in the process of rolling out. We've just kind of started um, to roll out these specialized profiles that you can actually create a separate version of your profile to speak to web development and another one to speak to translation. You know, set different rates for those services if you'd like, um, merchandise them in very different ways, um, and hopefully that makes it a lot more effective in terms of um, allowing you to connect with clients for the specific services, the specific service you're offering. Yeah, and it really does. Um, you know, coming in again from the freelancer side of things and being active on the community, um, you see a lot of new people who are saying, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of people looking at my, at my profile, but I'm not getting any bites. What am I doing wrong? And one of the top things that, that they've been told by people who have been on Upwork for a lot longer is, 
you know, you have too many things on there. You're doing too much. You know, yeah. are you a writer? Are you a translator? Are you a web developer? You know, you're, you're trying yeah. to tell them you can do all this stuff, and it's all getting lost in the translation. Um, yeah. And, of course, the, the, the second part of when, when you tell somebody you're a jack-of-all-trades, what usually goes unspoken is master of none. But every Exactly. But he understands that. Yeah, exactly. And I think I, I understand it, right? I understand the perspective of coming on new and really trying to cover all bases and kind of experiment and maybe see what works. But, um, you know, time and time again, I've just seen that it's, it's so much more effective and successful to really get specific and, and focus on exactly what it is you, you ultimately want to be providing, right? You should be um, really just presenting what you, the type of project that you um, ideally want to be getting and making sure that your profile speaks to that um, and really makes it clear that you are exactly the person that a client would want to hire for that type of project. Right. Now, is there something that, that users can do during the uh, uh, bidding process or during that introductory process? Um, you know, they look at a job, they think, oh, that, that, that's, that's going to be worth spending my connections on uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to, make a, to make a proposal. What does a successful proposal look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, often people can sort of miss that this is a two, two-way street, right? It's not just... Um, the freelancer presenting services, but it's how the client is presenting that project. Um, so it is really important for clients to keep that in mind and understand what makes that that job post, as we call it, attractive. Um, and I think from what I've heard from freelancers, it's really, a lot of it is also about specificity. So typically a freelancer is trying to evaluate whether this client really knows what he or she is, is after, right? You want to make sure that um, the client has a clear set of uh, deliverables in mind or at least um, clear parameters around the type of work they're trying to get done. So the level of detail, I think, is really important. Um, demonstrating that the client has thought through this project um, and understands what it's going to take. And that doesn't mean that the client needs to be an expert in the specific skill that they need to engage, but um, they do kind of need a general sense of what they ultimately want to accomplish and what they're trying to get done. So that, I think, is the most important thing, is just um, demonstrating through that job post that it's clear what is expected and um, what the ultimate outcome will look like. Yeah, clear clear parameters are useful. I know I've... I've uh, I've turned down many an invitation to interview, and I've I've skipped right over many a uh, many a job mm-hmm. proposal that just didn't have the detail. You know, I, I can't look at something that says right. you know voice talent needed. I don't even know where to begin charging you because I don't. <laughs> you know, what do you want? Right. Yeah. I mean, for what? How long? Yeah. There are just so many questions that you probably have in looking at a post like that, and so understandably, yeah, you'd probably skip to the next one and try to find. Um, something that's more informative. So yeah, I think that's that's critical. And then of course, having reasonable expectations in terms of price and budget for the work um, that you're after as a client. And sometimes that's hard, right? We try to provide um, articles and references to help clients kind of understand what a reasonable expectation would be. Um, and then they of course can can determine that in in um, discussing with the talent to try to understand, okay, how long would this take? 
Um, so how many hours would I expect? Or um, what is the scope of this project? If they're paying on a fixed price basis, what are the deliverables? And um, how should I think about the total budget? So I think that is, is challenging, but it's really important to have kind of realistic expectations as a client in terms of what, um, you know, what, what hourly rate you're going to pay or what budget you should have in mind for a project. It's one of those things, as a freelancer, I always try and remember and have a little bit of patience with especially new potential clients um, mm -hmm. that, you know, they're not necessarily going into this understanding what market rate for something that I do looks like. Right, um, exactly. Uh, but it's, it's always fun for me, too, to see the posts where they have a little bit of information. They know what it takes to, to get a professional project back, but they're not necessarily willing to put out the money for it. And then you just kind of have to sit back and, and laugh and say, well, okay, uh, that's 10 hours of work that you want to pay me $75 to do. That's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, that that conversation is really important and that dialogue is critical in terms of setting up the right expectations and, and kind of getting a project um, off on the right foot because, yeah, I think you're right. Like you have to keep in mind that the client may not necessarily know what is reasonable and um, I think a lot of clients rely on the talent to help them to help them determine that. So they're often looking for that expertise and saying, you know, here's what I sort of think, and here's kind of a basic budget I have in mind, but I'm actually hoping that you can help me um, really get more detailed in terms of what is going to what this is going to take and what I should ultimately, um, you know, expect to pay. So it's definitely a dialogue. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I've noticed, um, and, and, and this, was, this was true for me when I was uh, new, to, new to the platform. Um, you know, we see that the client has set up this budget, and we say, okay, well, gosh, I guess we have to fall, you know, somewhere inside of that. Um, but, you know, the, the more veteran upworkers and, and platform workers that I, that I talk to, uh, you know, the more I hear, look, this is an opportunity for you to educate them about the market. You know, ask what you need to ask. And, right. you know, educate them about, you know, this is, this is market value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I just encourage um, freelancers to do that as much as possible and to not, um, not underprice, right? Like really understand the value of the services you're providing and stick to those rates that you think are reasonable. And there's no reason you can't do that. I mean, we've, we've seen rates continue to rise just generally across the platform um, and, it's so important for freelancers to just, um, you know, have confidence in the rate that they're charging and um, help to educate the client on why it's worth paying that additional rate, you know, um, that they're paying for quality. And that um, it's, I think clients also learn this over time, that um, paying for quality is really important and um, it's not worth kind of being cheap about it. <laughs> Because, um, you know, getting right. you get what you pay for, like anything else. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and just to kind of encourage listeners who are maybe thinking about the platform or even on the platform uh, but are fairly new, um, you yeah. know, I've, I've gotten several jobs where I've gone into a proposal and I have, you know, doubled budget price, um, you know, and I'll still, I'll still wind up getting the job. And the reason for that is, is that uh, my portfolio, you know, speaks to the quality. And yeah. I'm willing to say, okay, this is how much it costs for me to do this. This is what a regular budget breakdown looks like for this kind of work that I do. So, 
you know, given that, here's the actual budget that I'm willing to work with. And, you know, generally speaking, especially if they're new to the, especially if they're new to that particular uh, type of work, they're thrilled to be able to, to, to understand that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, in those early conversations, you can kind of get the signals you need to determine whether it is the right project for you. And um, there's no reason that you as a freelancer shouldn't be really selective in, in terms of choosing your projects and um, deciding what works or what doesn't. So, yeah, I think that's really important. The other thing to keep in mind is also I think a lot of freelancers will see some small projects um, on the site and kind of, uh, you know, get turned off. But what we hear from clients is that they often um, they often will do test projects, right? So in order to get confident in terms of a new working relationship, they will um, just start with a really small project, see how it goes, make sure that it's a good relationship and a good fit um, with the talent, and then that evolves into a much larger project or a larger relationship. So. There's also that opportunity to kind of start small and start with something um, that's smaller scope, that's of course reasonable, but um, you know, from there you can often develop that into something much larger. Absolutely. You know, when I was a, I used to be an electronics salesman, and I would always tell new employees when they came in and I had to train them, um, you know, I treat the person who wants to buy a telephone the same way as I treat the person who wants to buy a television, because mm-hmm. then when the person who bought a telephone, wants a TV, they're going to find me. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I, I hear it. Um, I hear it all the time from both sides. Like I hear that clients, you know, take that approach in hiring, um, you know, just to kind of test the waters, gain confidence that it's the right fit. And then I hear from, from talent, you know, that they have developed those those relationships and um, taken a small project and really created something much larger out of it. So um, it's happening all the time and definitely a big opportunity that I think some people can overlook. Absolutely. Uh, Nancy Van Brunt is the Director of Freelancer Success at Upwork.com. And um, I think we're just about running out of time. So Nancy, I'm going to leave, uh, I'm gonna leave the, uh, the floor open to you to have the last word. Um, what is one thing you want to tell somebody who's trying to decide whether to use a platform like Upwork? So I think anyone trying to decide whether to use it should take a look at the site. You know, if you're on the talent side, um, I hope you kind of think through what it is you're trying to get out of a site like Upwork and, um, you know, think about yourself as launching a business and taking on something new and really put the the time and care into creating that profile and creating your account early on um, as much as possible. If you're on the client side, um, you know, take a look at some of the projects that are getting done on Upwork. Talk to others who have used it. Um, Take a look at some of our resources and articles on, you know, how to um, think about posting a project, how to make a project successful. We have tons of resources available. So I think um, a lot of it is just about getting educated and um, trying to learn, you know, how to get the most out of the platform that you possibly can. Um, but thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun to be here. I love talking to freelancers using Upwork um, and really happy to be part of this. Oh, thank you very much, Nancy. I really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and you taking the time to inform our listeners. Great. Thank you. 
Find us on Facebook at The Living Freelance Podcast. Business is personal. We'll be talking more about success with online freelancer platforms in a future episode of The Living Freelance Podcast, but make sure you stay tuned for episode four coming in just two weeks. I'll be talking with Katie Lane, an attorney, blogger, and proprietor of WorkMadeForHire.net. Katie is a consultant who's worked one-on-one and has hosted seminars around the country helping freelancers through the minefield of contract negotiation. Katie Lane will be joining us here on the Living Freelance Podcast to talk bidding and negotiating on Episode 4, coming up on May 14th. Thanks for listening. The Living Freelance Podcast is hosted and produced by Randy Strew for Flame in the Dark Studios. Theme music is Checks for Free, by Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. The Living Freelance Podcast is copyright 2018 to Randy Strew for a Flame in the Dark Studios.